you're listening to a Pave Media show. Visit pavemedia.net for more podcasts and video entertainment. So, John. Yes. I know you're very excited for this question. <laughs> what would your porn name be? Well, I do like a good porn star pun. I also like ones that reflect popular culture, so I think in tributes to, you know, one of our favourite working actresses, Olivia Holeslam, maybe? Olivia Holeslam? Yeah. <laughs> well, what's yours? Uh, well, I've now down to two. I can't mm, quite okay. decide uh, which one. Uh, listeners, maybe you can help me. Sure. Um, so it's between Sven Inches. Sven Inches, okay, sure. Um, and one Stiffbone. One. Oh, oh, Juan, as in Juan, Juan Stiffbone. Stiffbone. Okay. Seems more realistic than Sven Inches. Okay, thanks for the confidence. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, great, great. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, and joining me as always is John. Hello. Who has just got back from Eurovision. I have. Care to tell us what Tel Aviv was like? Oh, I mean, that's a podcast in itself. Hot. Hot. Very, very hot. It was... <laughs> you, you, you look like you've been hot for two weeks. Yeah, I do not have the skin tone for the Middle East. That's one no. thing I learned. So. <laughs> it was a lot, but I had a great time. It mm-hmm. was... Very interesting, very educational. Uh, I have never seen more machine guns in my entire life. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, other than that, I had a good time. Yeah, happy with Eurovision itself? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it wasn't my winner, but it was a decent song. The Netherlands won, in case you were wondering. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to going to Amsterdam next year. I mm-hmm. have many, many fond memories of that city. Attached yes. to that city, yeah. Yes, don't, don't, don't we both? Yeah. <laughs> mm. In many ways, the birthplace of this podcast. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, on a... You know, not entirely different topic. Uh, <laughs> Boogie Indeed, Nights. No. <laughs> <laughs> Boogie Nights, yes. Uh, this is one of your choices. It was, yeah. And there wasn't really a lot of rhyme or reason for this. It was just yeah. the fact that this has been on my list for a while. I really like this film. It just came up. It just came up. It just yeah. popped up, yeah, yeah. And I just couldn't get it down again yeah. without, you know, expelling it. And just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought, you know, while I'm away for a couple of weeks, you know, while Harry's missing me, I'll uh, mm. give him something to chew on for a couple of weeks. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, see what he thinks about it yeah. so hence Boogie Nights so what did you think of Boogie Nights cool well I didn't watch it for the two weeks you're away I watched it this morning I'm, sh- I'm unsurprised <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> pretty standard you yeah, yeah. Um, I had a really good time with it. Mm? it it's a tad longer than I'd have liked yeah I mean it is two and a half hours so, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's uh, Paul Thomas Anderson all of his films are way too long so but. what's he done before I recognise his name so you'll have seen his film that we saw to- no, we didn't see it together actually but we both saw uh, Phantom Fred Oh, yeah. Uh, he also did a film. I don't know if you'll have seen any of the other ones he's done. A film called Magnolia, which is mm. similar to this. It's like a big multiple cast kind of, you know, ensemble kind of film. Yeah. Which, again, has been on my list for a while, but it's even longer than this one. So I thought I'd, I'll break you in with Boogie Nights, see how you feel. If you like it, we'll come to Magnolia. Not soon, but maybe at some point in the future. Yep. But, yeah, don't worry. I'm going to give us a break from PC Anderson, but... Uh, he did The Master. Did you ever see that? Isn't Philip Seymour Hoffman in that? He was, yes. He wasn't was that his last film, wasn't it? One of his last films, if not his last film, yeah. Mm. Oh, he did There Will Be Blood as well. Did you ever see that? No. No, Danny Lewis wouldn't ask you for that, yeah. Sure. Again, very, very long. Very mm. good, but very, very long. Mm-hmm. That's kind of Paul Thomas Anderson's kind of gig. He mm. does these very artistic, often with a huge cast, big themes, big topics. Yeah, often they get lots of Oscars. Mm-hmm. So, and this was kind of his breakthrough film. He had one film before this called Hard Eight, 
which was just kind of a indie kind of thing, I believe. And then this was his first big studio film. And mm. it was obviously quite hard to get made because it was about the porn industry, which people mm. were a bit nervous about. But it ended up doing really well. It got great reviews. It was nominated for several Oscars. Julianne Moore and Burt Reynolds were both nominated for acting Oscars. Neither mm-hmm. one, but uh, okay. yeah, it was a big breakthrough for him. So yeah, It was very good. Yeah. Yeah, good choice. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm really glad that you like this because <laughs> given the kind of the length and the subject matter is the kind of thing that could have gone either way. But mm. uh, yeah, I'm glad you Well, the subject matter very much keeps you on your toes. Well, like, yes. It doesn't do, it, it, it doesn't sort of settle into anything for too long. Mm-hmm. Like there's bits where it's just, kind of an erotic film for a little bit then it turns into a bit of a comedy and then it's like a bit more of a thriller sort of thing and then just it's got it's got a lot to it well I was going to ask you what do you think this film's actually about if you had to like sum it up not like a plot summary but like what do you think it's about what do you think it's saying um I don't know is it saying anything just the porn industry in different ways that that god I don't know Mm. But do you know what I mean? Because it's hard to say because it's not got a very obvious mm. like A to B mm-hmm. plot structure. Like it's not just oh here's the story of. I mean, it, if you put it down really, really simplistically, it's the story of a guy with a massive cock. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's basically what you put down. But I think my interpretation of the film is it's more about families, mm-hmm. like weird fucked up families, obviously, mm-hmm. but like families that you choose rather than families that like you know you're born into kind of thing. Because I feel yeah. like this. Even this film has a lot of very dark and, you know, a lot of the characters have a lot of problems, obviously, and the film doesn't shy away from that. Mm. I, think, I felt ultimately it was almost quite sweet considering the subject matter. A lot of it was, yeah. Yeah. Like, there was genuine affection between the characters a lot of the time. Mm. Like, even though they're in this situation that is filled with a lot of, you know, quite obsessing stuff. And obviously they're not in the most... A lot of them go through a lot of really bad shit as a result of the industry that they're in and about the, the, the lifestyle that they're living. Mm-hmm. Ultimately... I felt at the end of it ended on kind of quite hopeful notes in many ways. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I've got to say a film that plays that song by the Beach Boys. Yeah. The, the soundtrack of this film I was going to get to is wonderful. Because mm, it's yeah. set in the 70s. It's got a great like 60s, 70s soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Really, really nice. So, yeah. And it plays in with the film really well. Like the, the music's always very well picked for the theme that you're supposed to be kind of feeling. Absolutely. Hello. Are you John? Yes, ma'am. Your agency recommends you very highly. Well, I'm a really hard worker, and if you give me a job, I won't disappoint you. Well, as you may or may not know, this is an important film for me. If it's not a hit, I'm going to get kicked out of my apartment. My landlord's a real jerk. Really? Why don't you take your pants off? It's important I get an idea of your size. No problem. I think that you have the job, but why don't I make sure of something? This is a giant cock. Yeah, so this film is essentially, it's set in the 1970s. It was released in 1997, I think. Mm-hmm. It's set in the 1970s at the peak of the adult film era. Yeah. Back in the days when, obviously pre-internet, when porno movies were movies. Like, not just now, obviously, it's all amateur, you know, shot in people's bedrooms and it's just sex scenes. Like, these were like, it, Bert Reynolds' character says at the beginning you can spend like $30,000 and that's in the 70s so that'd be mm-hmm. like $100,000 $150,000 now mm-hmm. on these films they were making movies that were being put out because it's even before video and DVD mm. so they were being put out in cinemas like specialist cinemas well, yeah, the cinemas like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a porn star was you know in their own weird in their own small field was a, a, a star and a mm-hmm. porn movie was a movie mm. and so it's set in kind of that time and it kind of just takes you through a bunch of characters. The main character is uh, Dirk Diggler. Mm. Well, his name's 
Adam something or other? I forget now. He has, no, he has a real name. Something very plain and boring. Yeah, but then halfway through the film, he picks up his poor name, Dirk Diggler, and basically mm-hmm. completely reinvents himself, and that's mm-hmm. all he's ever known as yeah. after that point. But he's like a, a young kid. Like, I think he's supposed to be like 16 or 17. 17. Which is pushing it a bit. Mark Wahlberg was about 25. Like He wasn't old, but he it's, was... It's, it's pushing it a bit, but also like it, it, it was still believable. It, just about, yeah. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was just about believable, and it is set over multiple years. Yeah. I think Mark Wahlberg is really, really good in this. Oh, yeah, he's think? fantastic in this. Yeah. This is his first... He had done other films, but this is his first big... Like, when people started to take mm. him seriously. Because Mark Wahlberg was initially known as a pop star. He was mm-hmm. in um, Marky Mark and the Funky Munch, which mm-hmm. way before your time, but just... He was sure. like a rapper. Yeah. And he was also a Calvin Klein model. That's the other thing. He did a lot of like adverts for Calvin Klein where he was uh, like... Because right. he obviously he's, he's proper ripped. Mm. He did a lot of stuff in his underpants, basically. So he wasn't someone who was taken... He was famous, mm-hmm. but he wasn't someone people took particularly seriously. Mm. And then he made this and people were like, whoa, he can really act. Like, And he wasn't nominated for an Oscar. And I think he should have been because I think he is very, very good in this. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. A bit robbed. Do you know who was the first choice for this film who turned it down? Believe it or not, I don't. No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. Really? Yeah. That would have been really good. I mean, this is really good too. Yeah. Where how old was Leo at this point? Probably about Mark Wahlberg's age. I think they're about the same okay. age. Maybe slightly younger. Okay. A pitch younger, but... Okay, was it still like boyish Leo? Yeah. Well, he, he basically... He he turned so this down to do... Just after Titanic, wouldn't it He be? turned this down to do Titanic. So it's, oh, right. this is Titanic-era Leo. Ah, okay, yeah. Hmm. See, I don't know actually, because Leo really kind of has two phases of just being boyish Leo, mm. where he did Titanic and Romeo and Juliet and stuff yeah. like that, and then just turning into an adult. And I'm not sure if he can bridge that gap without physically aging that. No. Well, gap. my reason I don't think it works is, and bear with me here, I don't think I would find Leonardo DiCaprio believable as a man with a 14 inch penis. <laughs> <laughs> but Mark Wolpick? Yeah! I do. I believe yeah. that. Like, obviously, he doesn't because that's freakish, and yeah. you know, we'll get we'll get to the whole penis thing. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I mean, come on. <laughs> How long have you went to say that? We'll get to the dick, but um, but you know what I mean. Like, I don't know. I can look at Mark Wahlberg and be like, yeah, he's probably pretty. I don't, I, I don't know. But mm. I'm, I'm, I'm buy, I can buy that he's well hung. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Leo's stuff. I imagine it's probably perfectly fine. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Though I'm not mean. Being, I'm not being mean. I'm not being mean. I don't mean the enemy. I'm just mean like some people you can just tell. Mm-hmm. You know. I think if if, if Leonardo yeah, DiCaprio, I mean, if young Leonardo DiCaprio is walking around this film and everyone's like, "Wow, he's got a monster dick," which is a huge plot point in this film. It's like the main thing about his character. Mm. Wouldn't you just be like, "Really?" Whereas Mark Wahlberg, you're like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mark Wahlberg carries himself in a way, and he just has that look where you think, "Well, maybe," you know. Yeah, no, 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 I, I, I think you make a good point. Thank you. So Dirk Diggler or Adam something or other. Just call him Dirk Diggler. Just, he's Dirk Diggler, Dirk Diggler, sure. So he's like this fresh-faced 17-year-old kid. He's washing dishes in a nightclub mm-hmm. and he's got kind of a shitty home life. Mm-hmm. We only see a couple of scenes of his home life. It's not really a big plot point, but his mother is obviously very abusive, possibly. She seems like she's mentally ill. Like, they don't really dwell on it enough for you to really get a sense of it, but yeah. it really, it felt like, I mean, you didn't see it, but I recently did a podcast, uh, One Good Thing, on the film Mommy Dearest, which mm-hmm. is about Joan Crawford and her alleged bipolar disorder and how she was very abusive to her, mm-hmm. was very abusive to her children. And it really felt like that for me, where he just comes home from, like, work, and his mother is just super abusive and just starts, like, ripping his room to shreds and calling mm-hmm. him stupid and saying he's worthless and mm-hmm. saying his girlfriend's a whore, all this kind of... and making him cry, and it's yeah. genuinely, like, 
obsessing to watch. Mm-hmm. But we, we don't really get a lot of that. Like, for a three-hour film, more or less, like, it shows you that and then he runs away from home and then you never see any of that again. Mm. Which, fair enough, that's not the plot, but... I was kind of expecting him to go back to her at the end. Yeah, you never know how she, if she found out that her son was, like, mm. a porn star or... You know. mm, no. Guess it's not her story, but... Yeah, yeah it, that kind of sets up that he's kind of a slightly broken person, which is kind of a theme for a lot of the characters in this film. That, mm-hmm. you know, they've come into the... Come into maybe a bad choice of words. They've, you know, gravitated towards the adult film industry because they're all, in some way, a little bit broken. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to that when we talk about the other characters. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so he's just working this bar job in this club. Oh, can we talk about the opening scene? Did How good was that? Oh, uh, remind me. Really, really good steady cam. I love a film that has a steady cam opening. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, where like it, the camera pans into the club. You start outside the nightclub and then it pans in. And then it, it, it must have been a nightmare to shoot because it goes across and it's all one take. Mm-hmm. And you see it introduces basically every character. Oh, yes. It's so good. Yes. There's a lot of that in this film. There is. There's it's a lot so of long impressive. takes when mm. there's a lot of different things happening. Mm. And yeah, I really appreciated it. I love takes like that. Yeah, because they're so, they must be so hard to set up and mm. do. But I th- yeah, I think you see pretty much every major character in the first, like, mm. it's like probably a three or four minute shot. And it kind of, you stop on them, you hear bits of conversation and it keeps moving around, you see someone else. Mm -hmm. Some of them just literally walk by and don't really have anything to do, but they're there. It's it's great. Mm. So you're introduced to all of these characters. So you see the nightclub is owned by Rodriguez, the Luis Luis Guzman's character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the Latin guy. And... You see him introducing, well, welcoming Burt Reynolds' character, uh, Jack mm-hmm. Horner, who's like this porn empresario. Mm-hmm. And his girlfriend, Julia Moore's character, Amber Waves. I, I don't know exactly what their relationship was, other than she's a porn star. She's a porn star. They, they seem to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it, I mean, her being a porn star, it, it doesn't seem to be exclusive by any mm-hmm. means. And also, she goes to bed, and you don't get the sense that they share a bed, necessarily. No. Yeah, I was confused by his relationship to a few people, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But they're obviously very close. And they what was his other. relationship to what's her face with the roller skates? Oh, roller girl. Mm. Again, I feel like, I mean, they're probably fucked if he wants to. Like, mm. But although it seems like he's very much a father figure as well. Mm. I mean, it all gets very mixed up, especially like father and mother figures in this film. There's, lots yeah. of, there's a lot of that getting mixed up yeah. in crazy ways. But ultimately, he's, he's like the father figure to the whole porn group. You know, all, all of his actors, his gang. You know, it's like he keeps them all together and manages them. And mm. that's his role, mm-hmm. basically. But anyway, he's walking into this club with Julia Moore, Amber Waves on his arm and he's welcome to the club it's obviously he's a regular and then you see Roller Girl who's working as a waitress maybe she's like rolling around mm-hmm. roller skating around mm-hmm. uh, she's played by Heather Graham yeah and then you also introduce to Dirk Diggler who is just washing dishes in the back and it, t- it transpires that Dirk Diggler is already working as kind of a rent boy kind of thing but like he basically he's accepting money to let guys watch him jack off yeah I was wondering how did Burt Reynolds know that I was wondering that too because he says I sense something in you yeah like has he got good dongda I'm calling the phrase yeah no, that's um, a good phrase yeah. no I wasn't clear I was like is it just because he's obviously Mark Wahlberg and he's hot and it's like well this guy might look good on camera mm. is it that or, or can he tell instantly this guy's got a massive dick yeah cause like, was that like a bonus I, I, I don't know but mm. yeah it's not entirely clear but he basically sees something in him mm-hmm. and then the whole, the whole bunch of them him and Julia Moore and Roller Girl they kind of almost like cultishly seduce him mm. like you know, come join us join, mm-hmm. join our gang and it's like they take him back to the the mansion where Bert Reynolds lives uh, he has sex with Roller Girl yeah to the tune of um, Brand New Key by Melanie that I've got a brand new pair of roller skates oh, yeah. you've got a brand new kiss <laughs> yeah the, the use of the it's not that the sound <laughs> is good the way it's used is brilliant like, oh yeah that's, that's what makes it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
By the way, I was you were watching this, I guess, at home or, mm. in the morning. I don't think it's really a morning film, but you watch, watch most of your films in the morning, so fine. Uh, half eleven. Well, okay, you're, for you that's early morning, then, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, I watched this on, on the plane back from Israel, mm-hmm. and I was sat next to an actual rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> and I was sat watching this film, and it was... I had to. I had no other time to watch it. I knew if I didn't watch it then, I wouldn't have time. Mm-hmm. So I had to just keep watching and just be like... But like, yeah, so there were certain scenes, many scenes to be fair, when it just looked like I was clearly just watching porn. Uh, the roller girl sex scene being one of them when you have, mm-hmm. have a Graham goes full frontal and then, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it was uncomfortable. But yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I just powered through. I was like, you know what? I'll never see this man again. But yeah, so as it turns out, Dirk Diggler has a monster penis, like 13 mm. inches, I think they say it is. 13 I or 14. I don't giving a number, but yeah, sure. It's 13 or 14. It's mm. like, you know, definitely more than your average human, mm-hmm. yes. I mean, a little bit smaller than mine, but you know. <laughs> Funny, yeah. Great. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I would not want a 14-inch penis. That's, no. that's like a disability. <laughs> that is like, that is an affliction. That is not a benefit. That is an affliction. Mm. Like, you see it at the end, and it's not attractive. It's horrible. No. <laughs> so he basically joins this porn family. So Bert Reynolds is the director of these films, and like we said, he's making porn movies, and he has this dream of making porno movies that are also like real movies that are artistic mm-hmm. he has a great speech when he's kind of trying to talk Dirk into joining the family mm-hmm. about his dream of making the perfect porn film the line is something like I dream of making a film where when they spurt out their joy juice <laughs> they just have to sit in it because they want to know how the film's going to end <laughs> So funny, so good, and he says it completely deadpan, like keep me straight face. <laughs> oh, that's gross. No, I understand. You got to get him in the theater, you know. You got to keep the seats full. But I don't want to make a film where they show up, they sit down, they jack off, and they get up and they get out before the story ends. It is my dream. It is my goal. It is my idea to make a film. That the story just sucks them in. And when they spurt out that joy juice, they just gotta sit in it. They can't move until they find out how the story ends. You know, I wanna make a film like that. Well, that's the thing, like, I think because obviously porn is so different now. Like, mm. it's differently received, it's differently accessed. But, like, you would, that's what it would be like in the 70s. People would go to. St- Cinema screens mm. again, like a specialist. It's not like you'd go to like you know showcase or something, but there were dedicated porn theaters, and men like grown men would just sit in them and jack off, mm-hmm. and then they'd leave. Yeah. Um, see now the the problem that I had with this was we did see some of the porn films that he was making, mm-hmm. and none of them seemed anything other than just you know there's a bit of sort of plot at the start, just like oh I've come to fix the printer sure, or something, sure, sure. and then they just have sex and that's it. Yeah, and it's not like. I don't really want to stay and wait to see what happens at the end because, like, I know what happened. He's just going to finish, and that's that's it. Yeah. Well, there, I think... there, it wasn't like there was any kind of plot or intrigue or anything. Well, that's the thing. I think have I been spoiled by modern porn or what? Maybe. What's porn like in the seventies? Why are you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> no reason. <laughs> well, I think. The, a lot of the comedy in this film derives from the dis, from like the gap between what they want to be making and mm-hmm. what they think they're making mm-hmm. versus what they're actually making. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you see when later on he starts making the... Um, when him and John C. Riley start making the films together, the Brocklanders mm-hmm. and Chester Rockwell films. Yes. And they're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> they're so hilariously terrible. But 
Burt Reynolds is almost in tears. He's like, this is the one they're going to remember me by. This is the one I want to... So, like, mm-hmm. I think there's an aspect of delusion there. Mm. So, no, they're not making great films. None mm-hmm. of these are great films. because And none of these are great actors. Like, none, they can't act. Like, mm-hmm. And that's very much the point. But in their minds, they, they're wanting to... They're, they're aspiring to something a little bit higher. And I think that's that's where a lot of the comedy and a bit of the pathos comes from. It's the sense that they are... St- at the end of the day, they are still just making wank films, you know. Mm-hmm. But they aspire to greater things yeah they're not actually talented filmmakers though because if they were they'd be making real films yeah they, he does do a speech about one, how he's saying he never wants to win an Oscar or anything like that he's yeah not, sure he's not trying to so. no. actually yes that's a good speech as well because I thought that was a nice defence of the porn industry in some ways I mean mm-hmm. there's a lot wrong with the porn industry and I'm not going to just go out and defend it all mm-hmm. yeah, but there's nothing morally wrong with just making a film for people to jack off to because everyone jacks off you know mm-hmm. what I mean so in that sense, I could see where they were coming from. So yeah, so I think I feel like this film is good at not judging its characters too much. Mm-hmm. It'd be very easy to just make a film that made fun of porn stars, mm-hmm. or that was like, "Oh, what a sad life they live." Mm-hmm. And it, there are parts of this film that does both of those things, where you, where you do laugh at them because they're a bit delusional and they're making, you know, not exactly high art. Yeah. And there are bits that of the film that are incredibly sad and upsetting that you think, "Like, oh god, obviously this is clearly a quite a damaging lifestyle." Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the film doesn't judge them too harshly. I don't think. Mm. So ultimately what happens is that Dirk Diggler joins the crew and he, he kind of becomes absorbed by this extended family of kind of porn stars. And they mm-hmm. all seem to basically be very close to each other and they all seem to either live or just always hang around at Burt Reynolds' house or mansion. Yeah. As well as Dirk Diggler and Jack Horner, there is Amber Waves, the Julianne Moore character. What did you think of her? She was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, I... who was your standout character? Let's start with that and then work down. Okay, standout character... Other I've... than maybe Dirk Diggler because he's uh, the star. Yeah. I did quite like John C. Riley. Mm. So thin. Y- yeah. Very thin. A very thin John C. Riley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looked good. As opposed to, say, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who did not look his best in this. But, oh my God, how brilliant. Oh, like, yeah. Let's talk about John C. Riley first. Or get yeah. first. So, John C. Riley's character, he plays kind of Dirk's best friend. Mm-hmm. So, he's another porn actor, but they strike up a friendship and they become the. When they start making the action cop movies, they are Brock Landers and Chesty. Yeah. Not Chesty. Oh, I keep forgetting it. Chester Rockwell. Chester, yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought John C. Reilly was fantastic. Well, mm. everyone was fantastic, mm-hmm. but he plays this character who's kind of... A char- I think a character that everybody knows a version of that person who, like, is a bit of a compulsive liar and always has, like... If you tell a story, they've always got a better story, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. But it's done in a way that's quite endearing. Like, he's still... Qu- obviously not a nasty person. He's, he's quite sweet. But he just is a bit, like... Like, at the beginning, he's like... Oh, people say, always say... Because this film's obviously set in 1977. Mm-hmm. Everyone says I look like Harrison Ford. <laughs> Do they really? <laughs> I don't think they were. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he's really into... He, he does terrible poetry. Mm-hmm. And he, he thinks he can do a double backflip into the water and he can't. And mm-hmm. just, he's just, yeah. He's, he's, a lot of, he, he's a lot of fun in this film. He is. He's really good. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's Philip Seymour Hoffman, who, yeah, again, one of my favourites as well. He plays Scotty, who's like the boom mic operator. Mm-hmm. And bless him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. First of all, he's gay. Like, he's clearly gay. He falls in love with Dirk. Mm-hmm. He's got this real, really sad little unrequited crush on Dirk. Mm-hmm. And I love how he plays it like... For me, it was like what it was like. He was a teenage boy. It really was, wasn't like, it? Like he wasn't. Obviously, the, the the character and the actor are definitely in their twenties, if not a bit mm. older. But everything about him just read like a bit of a teenage boy. Like, like this was. is his, his first crush. Sort of totally, thing. yeah, mm. absolutely, yeah. The way he holds himself, like that scene when later on in the film when uh, Dirk is getting told off by Burt Reynolds. Oh yeah, and 
Philip Seymour Hoffman's just in the background. And he's just reacting, yeah. Well, he, he's not even moving or anything. Mm. He's just looking super unhappy and stressed out. Yeah. And, you know, like he's... His, his left hand is holding his right elbow or something and he's just really tense and everything and he just looks so uncomfortable. Yeah. And yeah, he just played it really well. I, th- I think he just found the the one right pose and just froze, just yeah. stayed still for the entire scene. Mm. Well, he's always... His character doesn't have a lot of, like, big scenes, but he's no. always there. Like, mm. even when he's got no lines, he's always in the background and you always kind of notice that he's still there. Mm-hmm. Even the way he dresses and everything, like... I think we all had that kid in school, knew that kid in school, who, like, would didn't wear the right clothes like the way all the clothes are obviously too small for him like you know mm-hmm. like all his clothes are really ill-fitting and he's he looks really uncomfortable he, he, he the way he holds himself as well like mm-hmm. yeah and the way he talks and everything it's just he is he's a teenage boy with his first crush and it's mm-hmm. yeah it's it's really funny and his wig i mean we're not, we've not even started <laughs> on the wigs that's that's a whole that's a whole different discussion but yeah i think my favorite wig of the show has got to be when Don Cheadle's having an identity crisis. Oh, well, we'll get to Don Cheadle. We're going to get to Don Cheadle. Have, uh, yeah. Don Cheadle's outfits in this film are unbelievable. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, should we get to him next? Because we've, yeah, so we've like, finished on... So, yeah. so what was Don Cheadle's story? Because like, I never really could actually work out what his connection was to anything or anybody. He was a porn actor. You never see him performing. Mm. You never see John C. Riley actually doing porn, but no, he's introduced... Yeah. No, he's definitely one of the stars of the Burt Reynolds stable. Mm. But, yeah, he's great. He's, I feel like Don Cheadle. I, I just, it reminded me how much I love Don Cheadle. Mm. So, basically, his character is really, really into country and western music. Mm-hmm. And he works in, like, a stereo store. Mm-hmm. He's so sold on the the cowboy scene that, like, even though people are saying, like, oh, no, that's that fashion is gone. He's like, it's going to come back. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's definitely going to come back. Yeah, exactly. He's super and, enthusiastic yeah. about it. Yeah. And he's just this big old nerd. And yeah. There's the bit where he's having like a pep talk from the other lady. She's like, you know, you've got to find, you need to find your look. You know, mm. you need to find your look. And he's mm. like, what's your look? Chocolate love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She only had a few lines, but I loved her. Yeah. She, had some, she had some really good quotes. There's another bit, uh, I think earlier on, where they're shooting a porn scene and he's like, where are you going? She's like, I'm going to go wash my vagina. Yeah. He's like, well, hurry up. You want it clean, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> so many just simply red lines Ooh. that were just normally... They would normally just be so awkward when people are saying, like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to powder my nose or something yeah. like that. But the, this one, they're just not holding back. No. Huh? It's old. It's just plain old. No, wait, let me tell you something, Becky. Okay, I don't... First of all, he was absolutely pissed off about it. What's wrong with it, you know? The cowboy look ended about six years ago. It's coming back, though, no, Becky. It's no, it's not. It's over. It's dead, okay? I don't think you know what you're talking Third, about. I do know what I'm talking about, all right? And I, listen to me, and it sounds like your boss has said the stereo store is saying the same thing. What? What? You have to get a new look. Why don't you get a new look? Well, I have a look, okay? The look I have is just fine. What's your look? Chocolate love. All right? So yeah, he's this kind of really square, like, really into his country and western music kind of thing, which isn't really working out for him. Mm. And then as the film goes on, you see him kind of experiment with different looks. Mm. And I laughed so hard when he had his Rick James makeover, which I think you're talking about with his wig and his big shoulder pads. Mm -hmm. And he looks... So uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> it was great, wasn't it? It was, it was just... Oh, I nearly cried. I'd forgotten. I'd, I've seen this film before, but I'd completely forgotten that that happened. And when it just cuts to him, full-on dressed as Rick James. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's brilliant. And then he pulls his wig off, and he just... He looks so tiny in that big outfit. It's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the film, when he opens up his video store, when he makes his money, and he's kind of transitioned into kind of a... Maybe like a Will Smith kind of vibe? 
Perhaps, yeah. It's, and, and it was too early for Will Smith. I mean, I think he's, I think he's got a comb in his hair as well. That's, yeah, it's a big change from what he previously. Yeah, had. he's he's trying out a lot of different looks as, mm. of like what's in style for you know at the time. But mm-hmm. it's it's never because his true self is he, he just loves his country music and it's, mm. so it always looks uncomfortable. But <laughs> it's great, and Don Cheadle plays it in a way that is just so endearing. It's yeah, great, yeah. Uh, what other characters have we talked about? Um, so Julianne Moore. Yeah, we we kind of skipped over her. She was my favorite. I think she is unbelievable in this film. It's such a beautiful character in many ways because it's it's a poor like she's a porn star and she's like many of the characters she's also a drug addict like she's mm-hmm. she's a huge cocaine addict and, and it's like that in itself is kind of a cliched character but she plays it in this way that is so she's so lovely mm. she's like this sad little bird mm-hmm. like she really genuinely cares about everyone and she's there's no moment when she's not being kind. And she's she's like the, I think she's that in that way she's the heart of the film. I mean, she, she's like the mother figure. Yeah. And you find out early on that she is she's a little bit older as well. Like I think Julianne Moore was like thirty five or something when she made this film. And mm-hmm. you can tell like they never really discuss it, but you can tell that she's you know for a porn star, you know she's not the same age as Heather Graham. You know, yeah. She's she's a bit older, you know. And I'm, there's definitely a time limit on what she can do, but the film never really mm-hmm. talks about that particularly. She has a son from her previous marriage that's broken down, and. The father has custody mm-hmm. because obviously she's a porn star and that's mm-hmm. not a healthy you know, environment for a kid. So she yeah. she has limited custody and at the end of the film she loses custody entirely of her child. And it's really sad. But you see that how she like makes Dirk Diggler into a surrogate son. Like even though they're actively having sex on mm-hmm. camera, you know, she's just hugely maternal. And mm-hmm. the same with Heather Graham as well. Like there's that I think my favourite scene in the whole film might be the scene, even though it's, in many ways it's hard to watch, is the scene when her and Heather Graham are just snorting line after line of cocaine. Mm-hmm. And it's really like this film doesn't glamorise cocaine at all. It's no, like, not at all. It's really like, oh my God. They're both like super high and they're just freaking out. But wherever Graham's like, can I call you mom? Can you be my mom? And mm. she's like, of course you can. It's just, it's just really sweet. Everything she does is just super, super sweet. I think, yeah. I think that's she's hard... just so lovable in this. She is. She's totally Everybody lovable. is in love with her. Yeah, absolutely. And you can see why. Mm. You can absolutely see why. She's like this little oasis of warmth in this mm-hmm. very strange, very dangerous industry. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I thought she was... Fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I miss my two sons, you know, I miss my, my little Andrew and, and my Dirk. You know, I always felt like Dirk was my my baby. My new baby. Don't you miss Dirk? Yeah. He's so fucking talented, the bastard. You know, I just I love him really girl, you know, I mean I really love his stupid I love you, Mom. I want you to be my mom, Amber. Are you my mom? I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you if you're my mom, okay? And, and you say yes, okay? Are you my mom? Yes, buddy. <laughs> yes. Yes. <clears throat> um, now, there is one character that we've not really touched upon that much. Mm-hmm. Um, William H. Macy? Yes. Yeah, what did you think of that? I mean, initially I thought his character was hilarious. It was great mm. comedy. Yeah. Of just like, well, his wife's always sleeping with a new person. Like, we literally never see her with clothes on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all funny and stuff like that. Until very suddenly it becomes very, very much not funny anymore. Yeah, and I think that is the genius of Paul Thomas Anderson. Because you're <clears> right, it it changes the whole tone of the film. Because that mm. does just become a scene of pure comedy. Like, in mm-hmm. the first few times, basically... He's doing a classic William H. Macy. He's just playing like this sad sack, mm-hmm. which he plays all the time. Like, you know, again, he's in a terrible wig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a cameraman, maybe, or a producer or something. Ah, uh, yeah, I think producer, I think. Yeah, I'm he's working sure. behind the scenes anyway. Mm. And the, there's just a running joke where every time he goes to try and look for his wife, he will find her in bed with another man or mm-hmm. multiple other men or something. Yeah. 
and he'll be like, God damn it, honey. There's that fabulous line where he says, uh, my wife's got a, an ass in her cock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which apparently was he, he a mistake, like he flubbed his line. He, I'm really... he, he was meant to say, my wife's got a cock in her ass. Yeah, yeah. But he flubbed it and said, my wife's got an ass in her cock. And then P.C. Anderson was like, that's genius, keep it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great, because you would, you probably would like make a mistake and say yeah, something. Yeah, like, yeah. I love it. It's so brilliant. But you're right, and then it turns. It mm. completely turns because they're at the New Year's party, mm-hmm. and again for the maybe the third or fourth time in the film, he he walks in and sees his wife having sex with a guy, and he very very calmly walks out the room, and you, the camera just follows him, mm. and he walks to his car, picks up a gun, walks out. You just, walks you know, he just gets something out of the kind of him. You can't see what it is. Could you tell what was going to happen? No. Surpri- no, were you surprised? Re- by that really show? didn't know. Mm-hmm. I was just like, he left, he left a drink on the roof of his car. Like, <laughs> that was my main concern. Priorities, point, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he just walks into the room and shoots them both dead and then walks mm. out and shoots himself in the face. Yeah, mm. and it's like right at the countdown of New Year's. Yeah. Ruin the party for everyone. Well, yeah. Well, I think that that, that happens like, I think like literally halfway through the film. Mm. And I think it's a real turning point because that's when mm-hmm. things start to go. I think the first half of this film is mostly quite fun. Oh yeah, definitely is. Like it's it's absolutely the story of how what's Mark Wilbur's name again? Dirk, Dirk Diggler. Dirk Diggler about how he just becomes the best porn star that there is. Yeah. And it's just the rise of Dirk Diggler until the end of the 80s and it's all happy and everything's going perfectly and you know anybody who's ever like seen a film or read a story knows that that's the point where it's suddenly all about to come falling down. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it did, but just not not in a way that I predicted even mm. slightly. No, but I think it's a really good turning point because again, you don't see the reaction. You don't really see what happens immediately after that. It never, mm. The film never shows you the other characters like finding the body or mm. how they call the police or anything. It cuts like two years later or something. Mm, yeah. But even so, that's the moment when... Well, it cuts to a montage of interviews with... Um, like Dirk Digner and other people talking about violence oh, yeah, towards women. Mm. And, yeah, I mean, they never really sort of agree on a point or anything. They're just oh. talking about it. But, yeah, then it becomes a very much more serious film. It does, yeah. And to be fair, even before the Willie Mitch Macy murder scene, they drop in little hints that things aren't as kind of cool as it's looking. Because in that first beach party when you see... When he first becomes friends with John C. Riley, all that stuff's happening, and he meets Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. Mm-hmm. But there's also a girl comes to the party with mm. the Colonel, who is like an older oh, man. Yeah, the older man who I think he's like finance. He's like the money man. He's like funding them all. All the he's like friends of Bert Reynolds' character. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, he brings like a very young girl to the party, who's mm. like his his date. He's like clearly like thirty years younger than him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "So you got any cocaine at this party?" And then a couple of scenes later you see basically she's fully OD'd and like she's like lying in the lap of this young guy and it's just covered in blood and like her mm. nose has basically exploded and mm-hmm. you never find out if she lives or dies no and then it's like funny and upsetting when the guy says this is the second time in two days that some chick has OD'd you know mm. so you, you that's when you really first see that there's a very dark side to all the kind of fun and games that we're watching so mm-hmm. those little breadcrumbs are really good the film does that very well it kind of shows you the dark side but it doesn't like whack you over the head too much it like just every now and again reminds you okay yes it's probably fun but also you know there's some stuff happening here yeah I agree mm-hmm. I think she's sick oh what the fuck is this I didn't do anything I, I didn't is she breathing I don't know I, I think maybe she did too much coke oh do you think so doctor oh. now this girl's definitely OD'd oh fuck me <laughs> okay I want you to handle this for me Johnny <laughs> listening to me yeah Pick her up, get her in the car, and drive her to St. Joe's. Yeah. Drop her off in the front. I don't want to, you know, understand. Gotcha. 
Make sure no one sees the little guy. The fuck is this? This is twice in two days and the chick is on me. What do you think this means that maybe you ought to think about getting some new shit? What do you think? Yes, sir. What did you think of the scene with him and Julianne Moore when they're actually shooting their first porn together? I thought it was really well put together scene. Mm-hmm. I loved the... Uh, the comedy element of everybody reacting to seeing his dick for the first time. That's great. I mean, there's so much of that in this film. Like, that's one of my drinking games is every time anyone reacts to his dick. Because the film doesn't yeah. show you his dick to the last shot. No. But you get a lot of people seeing it and reacting to it. And mm-hmm. it's always great. Mm. John C. Riley might be my favourite. He's just sat in a chair and you just see him kind of turn his head to the yeah. side. Just be like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, I thought, it was a, I thought this was a really good scene for Julianne Moore's character because... Like, Dirk's very young and inexperienced. He's never done a porn before. Mm-hmm. And so she's really, like, mothering him and guiding him. It feels weird to say mothering, even though, like, he's fucking her. But it mm-hmm. really is that mother-son relationship. She, mm-hmm. She's being very tender with him. He says, like, where do you want me to come? Yeah. And she's like, well, you, wherever you want to. He's like, and he's like, well, you tell me. I want you to know. He's like, well, you, come, on, come on, my tits. Mm. And it's, <laughs> it's weird to hear that line be said and it to be, like, a very, like, sweet, like... Yeah. If, if that's what... You, if, if you feel comfortable, honey, just come on, my tits. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, I mean, though, it is. It's sweet in a mm-hmm. weird way. But then it's at the, end, at the end when when it's actually happening, she's obviously enjoying it so much. She says, no, come inside me, come inside me, come inside me. Mm. And so they do. And then it's, oh, we fucked the shot up. <laughs> and then he just goes, well, I could do it again. Like, yeah. And I was like, oh, I miss being 17. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, those were the days. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, he becomes like a superstar. You see a lot of, there's like a great montage of him like winning all the Pawnee Awards. Yeah. I don't know if that's what they were called, but I I thought them as the Pawnee Awards. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And also, there's a bit of them reading like reviews Mm. of the film and it's reading like a review of like an Oscar film or something and I, was, I just thought to myself where are these reviews being published <laughs> were they really like porn broadsheets maybe they were I don't know but the reviews were written like professional movie reviews it was like you know Dirk Diggler is a revelation and Amber Waves takes that cock like you know like a <laughs> well I mean how do you know what porn to go and watch I guess it must have been in broadsheets yeah because there was no internet so maybe there were like porn journalists whose mm. job was to you know, like a theatre journalist whose job is to go to the theatre three times a week and write about the latest plays. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was a, a journalist whose job was just to go to all the porn theatres yeah. and be like, well, this is a really good one. This one's shit, you know. Yeah, I guess. Mm. I'd love if there was like a Rotten Tomatoes, but for porn. <laughs> I might look into this, actually. I might yeah. discover some very interesting things. Definitely, yeah. I think this is something we can look into. Listeners, let us know. It's going to revolutionise porn. Do you think we should set up Rotten Tomatoes, but for porn? What would you call it? I think the word rotten should stay out of it. Yeah, that's... Mm. That's not a word you want to associate with any kind of sex organ. Um, Juicy tomatoes? Juicy tomatoes, okay. Yeah, that could work, yeah. What does RuPaul always refer to? Oh, eggplant. Eggplant, that's the mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, egg, eggplant. That'd be good one. Eggplantemoji.com How is that? It's, it's not a pun on rotten tomatoes, though. No, but it's, it's using, like, fruit and veg, and, you know... I mean, listeners, let us know. We're going to crowdsource our porn review. (laughs) This is going to be a whole new venture for Beyond the Box set. We're just going to review all the porn. Uh, My my vote is still with Juicy Tomatoes. Juicy Tomatoes, okay. But what's a tomato in this? Well, it it just links it to Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, sure. I don't think... Is is there any part of the male or female anatomy that you would be comfortable calling a tomato, though? No, not really. It's not very sexy. Like melons and grapes. Melons and grapes, yeah. Those are the only fruits that you get, really. Yeah. Bananas, obviously. Mm, Eggplants, but... Chocolatestarfish.com? What? I'm not going to ask. <laughs> Let's just move on. <laughs> you know what a chocolate starfish just is. Just move on, please. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm sure it already exists. Chocolate Starfish, yes. Chocolatestarfish.com, coming soon from Beyond the Box Set. <laughs> yeah, so he becomes this huge big star after they make all these porn films. He wins all the awards, becomes like the biggest star in the industry at the time. Then we get the New Year's Eve party, which we talked about, where William H. Macy mm-hmm. ends up shooting himself and his wife. And that feels like a bit of a turning point, and the film starts to go on this kind of... The first half of the film is like the rise, the second half of the film is kind of the fall. So mm-hmm. then we see the fall. So we see how cocaine is a huge part of this film. Like all the characters are massively into cocaine. Yeah. And I feel like Dirk's character becomes increasingly more cocaine addicted as the film goes on. Mm-hmm. And also because he's the biggest star in the industry, he becomes, his ego kind of grows. So he has this huge fallout. Yeah. And he quits basically. And he thinks he can go solo. And then he's, it comes to him and John C. Riley. Making a terrible, terrible single together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> it was so right. funny because you've got Mark Wahlberg in the studio singing horribly off key, mm-hmm. just sounding awful, and you've just got John C. Reilly in the studio just being like, just like really into it, like, so into so it, so loving it. Yeah. Like. They record this demo single, and it's obviously terrible. But then they, they're basically because of the cocaine and everything, they're running out of money, and they can't afford to get this, the, the demo out to the record companies. Basically, yeah. So they're having a lot of problems. Also, the Colonel, who is Jack Corner's friend, well. Mm-hmm. Jack finds out that video is starting to come and he gets an offer from his colleagues to like stop making these serious cinema-released porn movies and start making like cheap and cheerful straight-to-video stuff. And mm-hmm. he's he's like, that's not what I want to do. I'm like an auteur. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an artist. I don't want to make cheap video porn. Yeah. But you can kind of sense, obviously, because knowing from the 21st century perspective, we know where porn's going to go. It's not going to work out for him. Mm. So he's obviously fighting against the turn of the tide. And then his friend, the colonel, ends up getting arrested and turns out that he's got a load of child... He's been arrested with child porn. Mm-hmm. Well, he was arrested because he slept with a 15-year-old girl who then overdosed on a load of cocaine and possibly died. Mm-hmm. And that it's it, again, it's a very disturbing scene. It's a very well done where he, they're both in prison. He's, he's talking to him through the prison glass. Yeah. And then he kind of slow... This guy, the colonel, very ever so slowly confesses the fact that he was also... When the police raided his place, they found a load of actual child porn. Yeah. And it's... It's a rough scene, but it's it's really well, no, well done. Wasn't it actual children? I think it was child porn. Because he was saying it's like he finds them really cute, but he never touched them or something. Yeah, but I think I I I understood. I didn't understand that to be that he had like a lot of child prisoners. Right. I mean, I might be wrong. I assumed that it just meant that he had lots of child porn in his mm-hmm. house. You know. Either or, the message is there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I wait. Yeah, disturbing scene, but mm-hmm. very well done. I found something at the house. What? There's something. It's. Jack, it's my fucking weakness, Jack. It's just, they're so small, Jack, and they're so cute, and they're so oh, adorable. I just can't help it when they're so cute. and adorable, right? No, no, Jack, listen, 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 I don't touch them, Jack. I, I, I don't touch them in any way, honestly. Jack, please. Okay, we get to one of the key scenes in the film now, I think. Okay. What did you think of the scene where Dirk and John C. Raleigh and the other guy, Thomas Jane's character, goes to the crazy cocaine fiend's house to try and sell him fake coke. Oh, God, I forgot about that. So that felt, tense. That felt very Pulp Fiction-y. Mm. Very, very Tarantino in this scene. Mm. I would agree, yeah. Yeah, because... Um, who is it? Is it um, oh, okay. Alfred Molina? It's Alfred Molina, yeah. Yeah. One of I think one of the all-time great one-scene character performances. Yeah. He's literally just in this one scene and he should have won an Oscar. Like, he is <laughs> legit terrifying. Mm. So good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly weird and well put together scene because mm. the entire thing is kind of pretty much soundtracked 
by just this random person who's just setting off firecrackers everywhere. <laughs> and all the main characters are jumping at every single one. Because they think it's a gunshot. And it and just gets funnier. So. It just gets... It, it's, it it's, it's classic comedy of repetition because it just keeps getting funnier. Yeah. So Alfred Molina is playing this character who is... I don't remember his name, but he is... Like, they're all on cocaine, but he is coked up to the absolute max. He is... Mm-hmm insane mm-hmm. and he makes them play Russian roulette well he plays no, Russian roulette with himself yeah, yeah he's not they, even they don't involved. play no. he plays with himself twice for no reason yeah. yeah nobody's asking him to and he's got this friend rent boy who knows mm. but there's a little Chinese kid in the room who never mm. has any lines and mm. this is again this, you're right this is a very tarantino kind of mm. thing just setting up throwing firecrackers around yeah. you which what? I just think why? That's going to cause so much damage to the house. Little burn marks on the walls and carpets everywhere. Do you think Alvin Molina cares? Do you, think he, <laughs> do you really think he gave a well, shit? Well, yeah, probably not. Yeah, But these firecrackers keep exploding really loudly, and it's mm. throughout the scene, while other crazy shit's going on with Alvin Molina, where he mm-hmm. is like sticking a gun in his mouth and mm-hmm. you know dancing around to Jesse's girl, mm-hmm. just all this crazy, crazy shit. 99 red balloons. Like, that song came on, and mm. I, I recognised it. I recognised the start of it. And I was like, is this about to build into sort of like a... An, an action sequence because this, mm. this song feels like it could be an action sequence yeah. sort of gunfight thing well it kind of does so they're doing a drug deal right yeah the idea is that Mark Wahlberg and John C. Rowley and Thomas Jane are selling a giant bag of baking soda and that's what makes yeah. it really sense it's, they're selling fake cocaine yeah it's a terrible plan yeah <laughs> they're trying to sell fake cocaine to a, a, a mega rich cocaine addict mm-hmm. and his bodyguard is basically testing the cocaine and you know he's going to figure out his baking soda super fast mm-hmm you see that the bodyguard's got a gun. Mm-hmm. John C. Riley and Mark Wahlberg see that he's got a gun, and they're like, mm-hmm. "We need to get out of here right now." But they they end up staying, and it all just plays out. Where Alfred Molina is dancing around to this terrible eighties pop music, playing Russian roulette with himself, just super in his Y fronts as well, just just wearing oh, literally yeah, yeah. wearing Y fronts, which adds to the tension. Yeah. While the bodyguards look at the cocaine with his gun, while a Chinese, a random Chinese guy throws firecrackers, it's so much. <laughs> but all throughout the whole thing, like you just see John C. Riley and Mark Wahlberg, just every. 10 seconds or so just being like oh, oh, just jumping to this mm. firecracker noises mm-hmm. it's 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 inspired it's mm-hmm. truly brilliant like, mm-hmm. I was utterly gripped for this scene yeah mm-hmm. very very good scene yeah so yeah then he hits complete rock bottom and ends up going back to Jack and begging for forgiveness and mm-hmm. then there's a really this really sweet scene where again like the Burt Reynolds character he just kind of hugs him then Julie, he's like crying he's weeping and he's literally in Julianne Moore's lap and she's stroking his hair and like Again, just being so maternal with him. And it's... Considering how rock bottom all these characters are at that point, it's just... It's sweet. Mm. It's genuinely sweet. Yeah. And, yeah, they just become like a happy porno family. And there's another big tracking shot at the end, which is kind of a mirror of the tracking shot from the beginning, Mm -hmm. where it pans across Jack's house and you've got Jack walking around like the... You know, the dad of the family just looking after everyone. Do Ro- they all live there at this point? It seems like they're just a commune, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Roller Girl's gone back to school, but she's mm-hmm. still living with them. Julianne Moore's just looking into the mirror, getting ready for... And- Bette Reynolds says, you know, I'm looking at the foxiest bitch in the whole seven lands or whatever. (laughs) And then we get to the final shot of the film, which is Dirk Diggler. Mm -hmm. He's he's back into the porn industry again, I guess. Mm -hmm. And he gives this whole very Robert De Niro in Raging Bull speech into the mirror. And then he stands up and we finally see it. He pulls Mm -hmm. on his pants and we see the dick. Mm -hmm. And thus ends the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking at your body language right now. Looks so excited. <laughs> there was nothing about me that was excited by seeing that cock. That was disgusting. Yeah, yeah. No, that is not appealing to me. I mean, to each their own. But mm. no, it was gross. Mm-hmm. But I also really enjoyed watching it. Mm-hmm. Not from like a titillation perspective. Just like. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Do you know, yeah. Come on, you must have been a little bit like, ah! Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, there it is. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's there. So, Again, so. funny interview with P.C. Anderson where he was talking about, like, when they decided to show it. Like, because obviously it's the point of the whole movie mm. in many ways. And he, he said he wanted the moment when they found... This is his, this, these are his words. He wanted the moment when the audience finally sees the dick. Mm. He said he wanted it to be like the scene in, in the first Jurassic Park movie where they first see the dinosaur. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm sure there must be a cut online of somebody... Yeah, because you, know, you, you, you know the scene where like, Laura Dern's like... And, you know, and, and the, Sam Neill John Williams out. music comes yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't talk about it for that entire film and not show it. Which mm. so I think it's genius to leave it to the very last shot. Yeah. Yeah. It's so absolutely good. is. And it ends, I think the final line is I'm a goddamn superstar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and no, it's, it's good. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Mm. Well done, John. Well done. You've uh, you've done well this week. Thank you. Yeah, I, I knew you'd enjoy. Well, I hoped you'd enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am a star. I'm a star. I'm a star. I'm a star. I am a big, bright, shining star. Okay, so before we talk about sequels, uh, we'll just want to let you listeners know. Are we having them drinking games? That we do drinking games for our films. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Okay, sorry, sorry. Definitely. Okay. Okay, my first drinking game is one that we have already mentioned, which is drink for reaction shots to Marky Mark's penis. I have that too, yeah. yeah. I mean, every character has a moment when they first react see it. it. Every other character basically There's a hesitation yeah. and, yeah. It's great, it's great, yeah. yeah. It did kind of make me think, like, one of the key lines in the film, Dirk Diggler's character kind of says, you know, everyone has that one special thing, and this is mine. Mm-hmm. And everything like imagine if like the thing that was most impressive about you, the thing mm-hmm. that like defined you as a human being, mm-hmm. not skill, not was the size of your cock. Yeah, I think obviously, and yeah. like and like he he justified it to himself that he was using it to help others. Yeah, and like arguably he was. Yeah, in his way, absolutely. yeah. But like, all right, I think that's maybe the key to the film in many ways. I think it's it's a really good like slightly sad character study about like what mm-hmm. that does to him psychologically. Like that that's the thing that is most valued about him. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to suck. Mm. I'm glad I have a mere nine inches. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Okay, drink drink for wigs. Drink for wigs. We need to take a moment for the wigs. Mm-hmm. We, we can't just skim over the wigs. Mm-hmm. D- did you have a preferred wig? Because every character, mostly... Don Cheadle's was good. Philip Seymour Hoffman's was pretty... Pretty spectacular. Pretty spectacular, yeah. yeah. William's um, Macy's was pretty good as well. His was good. I quite like Burt Reynolds. I guess that was... Oh, yeah. That probably was a wig. Yeah. Yeah. I think that wig came with the actor, though. I don't think that was a character wig. I think that was a much... That's the wig that Burt Reynolds is wearing at this point in his yeah. life. Okay, okay, yeah, sure. But, like, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a good-looking wig. I, I could definitely see myself in a similar number. I could absolutely see that for you, yeah. Mm. Um, okay, my, my next one is Drink for Tits. Drink for Tits, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of tits in this film. There's a fair few, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drink for Disco Classics. Oh, good good, good soundtrack. Yeah. Good, good soundtrack, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. Drink for every snort. Oh, okay. I drink for cocaine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you want to go... Re- we don't... We do not endorse this. <laughs> In fact, I would say we we absolutely don't endorse this. Yeah. If, you, if you were to do a line of cocaine for every line of cocaine that is snorted in this film, you will die. I mean, that's the end of you, so don't do it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, you shouldn't. No. 
Drink whenever Mark Wahlberg does his Jackie Chan high kick. Oh, yeah, sure. That's a good one, I yeah. think, yeah. And finally, drink for time jumps. There's a lot yeah. of, like, jumps from, like, two years later, like... That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, just quickly before we get to the sequels, just want to let the listeners know that if you've enjoyed the episode, then you can support us on Patreon. Mm-hmm. So go to patreon.com slash set to donate as much or as little as you like. And if you do so, you get a few bonus features. Bonus features include a show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set, which is... What do we do? We review films in the cinema yeah. weekly-ish. Yeah. So it's pretty much just like getting an extra episode of Beyond the Box Set every single week. Indeed. It's a bit shorter though, but yeah. Yeah. Another feature you get is every month we get one of our patrons on the show to mm-hmm. come and bring your favourite film or whatever film you want to talk about, you want to pitch sequels to. Or if you don't want to come on, you will. You can just tell us what to do, we'll do it. That's how it works. That's how that works. Sorry, yeah. I'm... I've been I've been writing about porn. It's been my, my brain's all over the place right now. <laughs> but yes, if you have a film that you would particularly like us to cover, then once a month, one of our we will invite one of you to come on and tell us a film that we can cover on the main show. If you would like to join us, you are more than welcome. If you don't want to, that's fine. We'll just just tell us the film and we'll talk about it instead, in your honour. So yeah. yeah. And then also uh, we have, we do advertise our patrons a little bit. So mm-hmm. if you're a patron who has something that you want to advertise, can be your own podcast, your own business, somebody else's podcast, or just you know a thing that you like, whatever you want to advertise, you can talk about it on our main show for thirty seconds once every month. I guess yes. that's that's it. Mm-hmm. Every patron gets to do that. So yeah, all that is available at Patreon.com/slash Beyond the Box Set. Indeed. Hi, I'm Lee, and I host Connected Hearts, a Kingdom Hearts fan community podcast. Each episode, a guest and I talk about the game series and the fantastic community surrounding it. From artists, to streamers, cosplayers, and podcasters, we talk about how a dog, a duck, and a boy in silly shorts teaches us that our friends are our power. You can find the show on iTunes, or grab the RSS feed from Twitter for the podcatcher of your choice, at Podcast Hearts. And hey, may your heart be your guiding key. Okay, sequels. Sequels. <sighs> Very excited for this. Guess that I'm going first, aren't I? You, of course, are going first, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, this one, I came up with an idea that was kind of like the... Uh, it, it, it was the base of an idea. Okay. But I just needed somebody to just sort of do the filling. So, I did the listen to submissions and found something perfect. Okay. Uh, and hopefully, you'll like it. So, this is going to be a mockumentary. Nice, okay, yeah. Mockumentary film, uh, which is going to start off with handheld footage of Dirk Diggler in his, in his house introducing himself. Okay. Um, so this is a mockumentary starring Dirk Diggler. That's the format. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Yeah. So he's introducing himself to the camera, like, I'm Dirk Diggler, I'm a porn star. So it's, it starts with, hi, my name is Dirk Diggler. You may remember me from some of the best pornos of the 70s and 80s. What year is this set in, sorry? Oh, present day. Oh, so he's, he's, he's now in, like, his 60s? <sighs> Well, it's set in the 70s. It was filmed in the 90s. So Dirk Diggler would be... Like, Mark Wahlberg's like 50 now. Mm-hmm. Dirk Diggler would be like 70. Oh, sorry, I see. Um, oh, well, it's set 20 years later. Okay, so it's set in the 90s. Sorry, yeah. So Dirk Diggler is probably in his 50s. Uh, yeah. Sure, so the age Mark Wahlberg is now. Yeah, oh, sorry, I've, I've messed up a little bit. There. That's I'm all right. I'm, I'm, here to, was... I'm here to help. That's fine. <laughs> So yeah, he says, Hi, my name is Dirk Diggler. You may remember me from some of the best pornos of the 70s and 80s. Because the man is trying to take my house away from me, he says, (laughs) while holding up an eviction notice. Oh no. I've decided to return to the world of porn. I'm going to revolutionise the modern porn industry by giving it the old Dirk Diggler spin. 
just watch. This is going to be the most erotic, the most mysterious, and the most best ever TV show you'll ever jerk off to. You won't be able to look away. Mm. I need to reposition myself. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Fade to black, and we get a title card with uh-huh. the title. And it's going to be Dirk Diggler's Holistic Detective Agency. Ooh, I like it. So the first part of this documentary will be documenting Dirk and Reed, which is John C. Riley. Yeah. Dirk and Reed finding everyone and convincing them to to join their crew and help make the TV show. Okay. So, so trying to make a TV show of what 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 is this TV show? So it's, it's a, a detective TV. It's a pornographic detective TV. Oh, show. Oh, so they're revamping the old TV show that they were making. In the... I guess. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. In a way. So the first stop is going to be Amber, which is Julianne Moore. Yeah. She is now working as a, a school teacher. Okay. Uh, teaching drama. Sure. Uh, the- <laughs> imagine <laughs> imagine if you... Just think back to your school days. Imagine if your drama teacher was a former porn star. Be the best drama teacher ever. Well, maybe, yeah. Imagine mm. finding that out. Mm. I mean, John, maybe. I have. Who knows? Uh, she is now working as a school teacher teaching drama. They take her out to a club, mm-hmm. get a good and drunk, take a few lines with her, and then Dirk gives her the whole sales pitch for the show. Sure. Similar to what he just gave to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and without even knowing the plot as it is not yet written she agrees to co-star with him as his detective sidekick oh, I feel like Amber's not in your version Amber's not really come a long, a long way since the end of the first film probably not no oh bless okay sure <laughs> now they also need somebody to, uh, to to fund it pretty much and maybe sure. direct it or produce it if they would like so they they track down Jack Horner Burt Reynolds you know Burt Reynolds is dead is he? cool yeah. okay well they track down somebody Tom Selleck? There we go. Yeah, they sure. Look, they look the same. Okay, sure. <laughs> they tracked down Jack Horner, played by Tom Selleck, mm-hmm. to come out of retirement and direct it. Sure. But uh, Jack declines, saying that he doesn't think he has it in him. His time has passed for this sort of thing, uh-huh. but uh, he's in full support, as he considers half of his fortune to be made by Dirk Diggler movies. So he agrees to fund the show. Okay. So the final person they need to get the show going um, is going to be the villain of, uh-huh. the, of the piece. Sure. Uh, so they go and find Buck, which was Don Cheadle's character. Oh, great. Okay. Bring him in. Um, he now runs a very successful train of sound system retailers. Good. So successful that uh, as the CEO, he doesn't really have many res- responsibilities anymore. He's passed most of that on. Mm-hmm. He's close to a nice clean retirement. Yeah. So he thinks, yeah. Yeah, I'm up for this. This sounds, this sounds like a bit of stupid fun. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't care. I don't need the money or anything. But yeah, I'll do this. Mm-hmm. It'd be great. And so now, the only thing they need is the plot. Yes, okay. This is what you're waiting for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for this, we're going to get multiple sessions of Dirk and Reed, just brainstorming different ideas, uh, before landing on a holistic detective series, where the main character... I'm guessing this is based on Dirk Gently's holistic detective agency, right? No, it's a, it's a brand new sort of thing. Okay. So where the main character, Richard Thruster... Richard Thruster, nice, nice, yeah, subtle, I like um, it. Played yeah. by Dirk Diggler himself. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a retired porn star. He needs to come out of retirement to go back into porn to solve the sex crimes of the evil Dusty Dangerous. Dusty Dangerous. Played by Buck Swope, which is okay. Don, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Yeah, yeah. He's essentially a holistic detective. Holistic being something that analyzes everything, different, like many different elements that all connect. Yes. Who is one of a kind. So, sorry, this isn't based on Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Well, that wasn't what was in the... Was that, was, that, was that what was in the film? No, this is a TV... This is a separate TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a TV show called Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Ah, cool. Well, this is what I've adapted from a listener submission, so I don't really know. Oh! Oh my god, that's brilliant. So you didn't realise that Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency was a real thing? Nah, I screwed up, haven't I? 
We're not screwed up, but I, just, I love that you've written the whole thing without realising where it comes from. Cool. Okay. No, I only half listened to anything. <laughs> Carry on. Um, well, let's just wait and see what I've written, shall we? Okay. So he's essentially a... How much of this is you and how much of this is the listener submission? I can read out the listener submission if you like. Well, no, finish your own idea first. Okay. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Uh, this, this next paragraph should highlight to you. Um, he is essentially a detective who is one of a kind. He doesn't just interrogate people verbally, but also physically. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Using his magic cock to read the minds of the people he interrogates. Okay. Interesting. Is that original or is that me? That one sounds like me. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I can buy that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. See? From here on out, it's all me. It's all you. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not proud. To help him out is his trusted sidekick, which is Bella O'Job. Bella O'Job. Oh, great. Okay. Which is going to be Amber Waves, Julianne Moore. Okay. Um, who has been endowed with a similar gift, which requires men to come inside her to spill their secrets. Nice. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the two of them, they really shagged their way around the porn community, finding out more and more information about the evil sexual antics that have been carried out by Dusty Dangerous. Okay. The sexiest cowboy to have ever walked the streets of L.A. Right. Don Cheadle's now playing a sexy cowboy. Say, okay, that's a good role for him. I, th- I, th- I think that works in this. That absolutely does. That's, that's very on brand for him. In this mm-hmm. film, yeah. By the way, I've completely lost the mockumentary thing now, and I've just gone straight into this. Okay, sure, yeah. Um, in a mid-season twist, Richard Thruster walks in on Bella O'Job sleeping with Dusty Dangerous himself. Mm-hmm. This leads to a big row in which Richard accuses her of sleeping with the enemy. And Bella claims that she did it to find out his deepest and darkest secrets. Okay. Um, we, the viewers, are not supposed to be sure whose side she's actually on, and she refuses to reveal his deepest secret to Richard Thruster. So, Julianne Moore's character is a double agent at this point, essentially. Maybe. Okay. Maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. We genuinely don't know. This leads to Richard. Sorry, this leads Richard onto an even deeper journey to try and work out what she knows, and so he has to seduce her and sleep with her himself. He's never done that before. Apparently not. They've never slept together before. Yeah. Okay. Which, by doing so, will reveal the one thing that he doesn't want her to know. Okay. That's why they've never slept together, because then they'll know everything about each oh, other. Oh, sure. So, sorry, what's that... it? so her thing is that when a guy comes in her... She knows everything she knows about everything. him. And what's his thing? Pretty much the same thing. Just when he sleeps with somebody, that he finds out everything about them. Okay. So they have the same so they have the, So if they slept together, they would have all the knowledge in the universe? All their... No, they, they just know everything each other knows. Okay, sure. So they shag for... An uncomfortably long time, okay. let's put it, as neither of them wants to actually come and reveal their secret to each other. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. Uh, um, eventually, Richard Thruster can't hold on any longer, mm-hmm. and he climaxes in ecstasy at the same time as Bella O'Job does the same. What, they come at the same time? Mm-hmm. Get married. <laughs> Maybe they do. Okay. She reveals that Dusty Dangerous is in fact her lover. And they've been trying to monopolise the porn industry. Okay. Richard thrust the secret is that he has also been sleeping with Dusty Dangerous. <gasps> Ooh, a gay subplot. same purpose. I'm excited, okay. Oof. With this new information that they have both now received, and essentially all cards are on the table, the two of them both go to Dusty and confront him with the fact that Dusty's been playing both sides. Mm. Dusty Dangerous sweet talks and bargains with them, saying that he will explain everything to them if they just sleep with him one more time. Remind me, who's playing Dusty Dangerous? Don Cheadle. Okay, great, sure. Cowboy Don Cheadle. I get it, okay. And so, of course, they have an orgy. Okay, good old uh, freeway, yeah. Yeah, where, uh, where Dusty reveals that his dong has the ability to get people to do what he wants. <laughs> Is it like a hypnotic dong? I, I guess so, yes. 
Just imagine like E.T.'s finger or something. <laughs> the tip blows. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so the audio finishes, and while we're all having a bit of a cuddle afterwards... Aww. Uh, <laughs> you, have a very, you have a very sweet-natured idea of how orgies work. <laughs> when it ends, everyone does a nice cocktail. <laughs> sure, is that not... No? Okay. Um, Dusty Dangerous pr- proposes that the three of them rule the porn industry together. Okay. In unison, Richard Thruster and Bella O'Job say, Anything you want, Dusty. And the film finishes with a to be continued. Okay. And that's pretty much the film there. Okay. I've not then finished off the sort of mockumentary side of it. Okay. But maybe that can just be ignored because I feel like I wrote a pretty good porno there. So let's just carry on. You, were, you did. You wrote a good... I would like it if it ended like Game of Thrones. <laughs> like where it was like a... <laughs> Who now rules the porno verse? <laughs> let's have a very long episode long debate about that. Yeah. Maybe, Yeah. <laughs> So, what, remind me of the beginning of it, where the mockumentary thing came in. So, the beginning of it is just kind of like a Mark Wahlberg and um, a John C. Riley, and what I would guess is more of a disaster artist kind of way making a film. Okay. Well, actually, okay, you know what? Yeah. This ties up quite nicely, because we have had a very similar idea this week. Oh, right, okay. So, I actually think the bit that you've chosen to focus on is the bit that I have chosen not to focus on. So I think actually, I will read out my story and then you will see that they both actually coincide quite nicely. So I think maybe the bits that you've done will slot in quite well with the bits that I've done. So, uh, (laughs) so my my story, my sequel, is set in 2014, Mm -hmm. 30 years after the end point of the original movie, which ended in 1984. Okay. I've just chosen 2014 over 2019 purely for ageing reasons, because this film was obviously set in the 70s and Mm. was filmed in the 90s, and obviously Mark Wahlberg, Julianne Moore, John C. Reilly, etc. are a fair bit older, but they're not 40 years older, so... Yeah, I mean, initially with my idea before you brought to my attention that it can't be set present day if I'm doing like a... You know, well, it could, it, but they'd all be, it, like, much older. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was going to have lots of references to the TV show. It's going to be on Netflix. It's going to be inspiration from Fifty Shades of Grey and My Dad Out of Porno. And sure, 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 yeah. Glow was mm. going to be a thing for a while. Oh, okay, yeah. No. Yeah, so I think Mark Wahlberg was playing, like, five years older than he actually was, like, mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning of the film, which is reasonable. But if you make him to play, like, 15 years older than he actually was, or 10 years older, that's more of a stretch. So. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's 2014, 30 years after the original film ended. The characters have all retired from porn, obviously, because they're like middle-aged now. Mm -hmm. Dirk Diggler moved into producing and directing, and eventually he took over from Jack Horner after the latter died. So Jack Horner's just died of old age. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, he was quite old in the 70s. He's not going to still be alive in 2014. Yeah. So he has died of old age, and uh, Dirk Diggler has moved on to take over control of his kind of porn empire. Yeah. However, with the advent of amateur online porn, the bottom fell out of the industry... No pun intended. And so he retired, and he's now living a fairly quiet life in California. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Little does he know, however, that while the internet has effectively killed off the porn industry, it's also put a lot of his old videos back into the public domain via, like, YouTube and Xtube and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, in particular, the Brocklanders and Chester Rockwell movies that he made with John C. Riley have now become beloved cult classics. Hmm. They're often featured on So Bad It's Good movie reruns, and also on podcasts. Mm-hmm. And they're championed by lovers of bad taste cinema like Seth Rogen and Kevin Smith. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking that's basically like The Room. Because mm. like, mm. if you look at the footage of those like films... Are you going to pitch 
an episode for the podcast, How Did This Get Made? No, I'm not. I'm just <laughs> I'm just pitching a world in which that, that's the kind of world in which these films are being rediscovered. Yep, sure. But no, it's not that. So he's not aware. Dirk Diggler is... Not porn podcasts. Podcasts that just review porn. If not, we should... Wait, wait we talked about this already, kind of. Yeah, e- yeah. yeah. Egg, eggplantpod.com. Yeah. We're going to launch it. So we Juicy tomatoes. Cheese and tomatoes. Cheese and tomatoes. Juicy salad. tomatoes, I said, not cheese and tomatoes. That's a, that's a flavor of crisps. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we could do a crisps podcast as well if you want. What would you be more comfortable with? I, I mean, probably crisps. porn or anything more to talk about. We'll discuss. We'll discuss. We won't. <laughs> anyway, he's not aware of this because he's obviously, you know, he's in his 60s. He doesn't really follow the social medias, etc. But one day, he gets a call from John C. Reilly's character, Reed mm. Rothwell, mm-hmm. who tells him that their old movies have become viral sensations. Mm-hmm. Reed, by the way, is now working in Vegas, still doing a semi-successful raunchy magician act. Because you remember at the end of the <laughs> oh, first film? We didn't talk about that. That was great. <laughs> we forgot. Like The film ends with like a great montage of where the characters end up. And, put, and John C. Reilly maybe has the best one, where he's basically doing like a magic act, but with tits. Mm. And it was great. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be like he'll do the woman locked in a box trick and then mm-hmm. it falls out and the woman's just like her boobs spill out yeah and, just, and he's like whoa <laughs> so I say semi-successful because I don't want it to be like he's become like Penn and Teller or mm-hmm. like one of the big like magical stars mm-hmm. he's still doing like low rent to an audience of maybe like three people yeah, like, he's yeah. making a living out of it but yeah. it's not like he's not a star so that's what he's been doing for the past like 30 years mm-hmm. so he's really keen to get back out on the road and start cashing in on their newfound fame now that their old videos have become like viral sensations mm-hmm. so he calls up Dirk and tells Dirk you know look our, all our the old Brock and Chest films have got this new audience and they're showing them all over the country why don't you come to one of the screenings and do a Q&A session it'd be mm-hmm. great it'd be fun so he talks Dirk into that and he goes to one of the screenings they both together go to one of these screenings and I'm imagining it's a lot like screenings of the room where there's like drinking games and people like just uh, laughing yeah. and like yeah, yeah, experience. Yeah. That's the vibe I'm getting. Yeah. It's that kind of real so bad it's good thing. Anyway, Dirk goes to this screening, sees the audience reacting the way that they do and gets quite upset mm-hmm. and ends up storming out because he obviously took those films very seriously. So I have some dialogue. Would you like to be Dirk or Reed? Mm. This feels like a lose-lose answer. Dirk. You'll be Dirk? I'll cool. be Dirk. Are you forcing an inch dick, yeah? Okay. What? what uh, feels like it suits me. Um, okay. This is bullshit, man. Did you hear them in there? They're laughing at us. Dirt, cool it. They're just having a good time. It's goddamn disrespectful. These movies aren't a joke. They're art. They're disrespecting me. And they're disrespecting Jack. So this is going to be Dirk coming to terms with his new reputation, with the new reputation that his films are receiving. Much like, I would imagine, the stars of films. Like, I'm sure it took... What's his face from the room? Tommy was Tom, Tommy was there. I'm sure it took him a bit of time to kind of come to terms with the fact that he'd made a terrible film. Mm. If we made a good film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, of course, it's the bread and butter. So it's like that. It's like Dirk Diggler realising that he's like the father of like bad movies now. Mm. Eventually, he comes around to it and an offer comes through. And this is where our ideas kind of dovetail quite neatly. Mm-hmm. Uh, an offer comes through to choose a documentary for the first ever DVD release of the old movies. Okay. So the documentary is going to bring back all of the old stars as like talking heads. Mm. So I figured, like, Amber Waves, I didn't say she got become a teacher. That seems like a stretch. Mm. They do do background checks. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like she finally got clean. I mean, she, in mind, she could have been, like, a university teacher or something. Like, how many background checks do you need? What, do you think it's easier to be a university teacher than a school teacher? No, but I'm saying if you've got a slightly dodgy background of being in porn. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Could be. So Amber has finally got clean. She's reconciled with her son. 
and she's used her porn star earnings to go back to college and become mm-hmm. a successful therapist. Because uh-huh. I think she'd be a very good therapist because she's point, very yeah. em- em- she has a lot of empathy. Mm-hmm. She's kind. She likes to take care of people. So yeah, Roller Girl is now a star in her own right mm-hmm. after a video emerged of her being urinated on by the current president of the United uh... States. Yeah, she's our Stormy Daniels, basically. Yeah. Don Cheadle's character, Book, mm-hmm. left the porn industry permanently and now runs a franchise of cowboy-themed music stores. So, mm-hmm. similar to your idea. I couldn't figure out what to do with Philip Seymour Hoffman, Scotty. Mm-hmm. Is it rude to recast him? Because he is dead. I mean, no, no, it's not It's not, not rude to do so, I don't I don't believe. Um, who could play, like, who could replace PSH? I, I nearly was going to recast him, but then I realised that... I had nothing for him to actually do, so mm-hmm. what's the point? But I was going to say Matt Damon. Wow, burn on Matt Damon. <laughs> In what way? I mean, Fat Damon could do it. I mean, Matt Damon's... A bit chubby, but... Yeah, he's... He... Yeah. Sure, okay. I would love that. I would love if Matt Damon was just like, fuck it. Yeah, I, I think Matt Damon, from his more recent roles, I think he's kind of said goodbye to the sort of Jason Bourne look. Sure. But, but, but like, think of how Philip Seymour Hoffman looks in this film. Can you imagine Matt Damon in a film where he's just got like a massive belly just hanging out, just like? I, I mean, I'd love it. I would find that very entertaining. Of but, course, you would, yeah. Yes, but yeah, I, I wouldn't see Matt Damon saying no to that necessarily. Okay. Like, if that's Matt Damon's career trajectory from now on, I'm on board. I like that. Well, yeah, maybe. Sure. Okay. Fine. Matt I mean, Damon. what's the last film you saw him in? Like most recent film, most recent release. I think it was Suburbicon or or Downsizing, whichever came first. Yeah, like both of those. He wasn't like fat in those, though. No, he wasn't fat, but like he was like yeah, he was like schlubby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was just a little bit overweight, and I could see him definitely just getting a little bit more overweight. And you know, maybe at his age, he'd be like, oh, thank God, I don't need to keep up some kind of regime. Okay, sure. And I guess they were friends back in the day. They were both in Mr. Ripley and stuff. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Everybody wishes that somebody would just pay them a good lump of money to just be fat. Sure. Imagine that. Hmm? Just eat everything you want. Yeah. And get paid for it. Yeah. I mean, some people do it for free. <laughs> it's less fun, though. <laughs> yeah. Also, fuck you. <laughs> uh, anyway, where was I? So, okay. So, well, to be honest, I didn't have a lot for Scotty, for um, the Matt Damon character, for the Philip Seymour Hoffman character, who I guess is now Matt Damon. I was thinking, like, I mean, what do you think happened with that character? I don't know. Like, really, I hope he had a happy ending. Really, I'd like to think that he just went away and like had learned what he learned and just learned more about himself. Yeah, really, and then became comfortable being who he was. Yeah. So maybe he doesn't appear in this documentary. Then maybe he like got married and left the industry, and now he lives with his husband on the east coast with like three dogs, and he's that's, fine. Sounds really nice. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's just get t- actually that's good. So you don't need to bring him back for like loads. Just a tiny cameo mm. of Matt Damon now with a giant beer belly for some reason, mm. just walking dogs on the beach looking happy. Mm. Great, fine. Yeah. He had a happy ending. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, if it's a tiny cameo, you may as well just yeah CGI or whatever. So anyway, yeah, that it reunites the characters. And the documentary and DVD release are so successful mm. that a small studio actually commissions Dirk and Reed for a straight to Netflix or straight to Amazon mm. reboot of the Brock Landers and Chester Rockwell franchise. Mm. So they're now making another film. Okay, yeah. Now, I, I specify a small streaming service. Mm. So I don't want this to be like, oh, Hollywood's calling, giving them like $100 million to make a movie. Because mm-hmm. I feel like the whole thing of the original film, it's important that they're like big fish in a tiny little pond. Like mm. The porn industry is not Hollywood, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I want it to stay that way. It's not like they've had this massive Hollywood comeback. They're literally getting paid a few thousand dollars to make another one of these films just for a few shits and giggles. Yeah. 
But anyway, for them, it's a big deal. So they're going to make a new reunion film of Brocklanders and Chester Rockwell. Yes. So the film is going to end, much like the first film, on set for this new reboot. Mm-hmm. We're going to have Dirk Diggler on set wearing a terrible wig, mm-hmm. obviously, giving himself a motivational speech in the mirror, mm-hmm. doing his Jackie Chan moves as he prepares to go out and film his comeback movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we need him to get his cock out or not. I don't think that was relevant particularly. Mm. I mean, it could. I think it's thematic. Thematic, just it ends with him, but it's like thirty years later, so it's a bit, it's a bit, you know, the it's grey pubes, it's, <laughs> it's a bit wrinkly. It's not really as impressive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> but I think the end credit should definitely feature clips from the movie. So oh, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it'd be a fun way for like John C. Riley and Matt Wahlberg to make fun of themselves, just as they are now in their like middle age, just doing like high kicks and caressing. And, like, yeah, I feel like they're both at that stage in their careers. Definitely, definitely, mm. definitely. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, and that's pretty much it. Oh, I like it. Yeah. What was it called? Brocklanders and Chester Rockwell reunited or something. I don't know. Not the best title ever. The Brock and Chester reunion. The Brock and Chester reunion, yeah, sure. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I like it. What was your title again? Mine, although written by a listener, was um, Dirk Diggler's Holistic Dictative Agency. Holistic Dictative. Okay, that's definitely going to be our title for the yeah. podcast. Great. <laughs> Holistic Dictative Agency. Love it. Yeah. Okay, now before I do actually reveal the listener who helped me with this submission and then uh, go into main listener submissions, I would like to just point out, or let you let you know, I did a post online about just coming up with porn actor names, mm-hmm. porn character names, and there were a lot of responses. I'm sure there were. Like, yeah. a lot. So, <laughs> you may have to do some editing. Um, I'm just loading them all now. I've got to press view more comments multiple times. And I'll read them out nice and quickly and you can have sure. a good laugh at them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're starting off slow. We've got Lance Manuel. Lance Manuel. Yeah. Dick Rambone. Dick Rambone. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Rambart Gently. <laughs> okay. Big Dan Wood. Big Dan Wood. Okay. Mm. Jizzy Fingers. Yeah, okay. Makes sense. Why finger? Okay, I want to unpack that one a little bit. Why would it be Jizzy Fingers? Who has Jizzy Fingers? <laughs> I don't know. Right, are you jizzing into your hands? As, oh no, I've got Jizzy Fingers. Right, what's I, I'm not sure. Maybe, yes. They're your submissions. I didn't write them, though. Okay, gone. Cat Takewell. Cat Takewell. Cat Takewell. And that sounds like it's implying some bestiality that I'm not, I don't want to endorse on this podcast. Maybe. Um, this one's a really good one, actually. Okay. Benefit Custard Snatch. I mean, I like the pun on his name, but again, what does that mean? I don't know. But it just Benefit sounds... Custard Snatch. It, yes, it just, it just sounds... Odd. Like, is that a snatch filled with custard? Mm-hmm. Is that and that's the benefit? Is that is that appealing? What? Uh, no, I don't know. Custard. Move on. Don't okay. don't don't look too deeply into porn names. That's that's my life advice. Okay, sure. Greg Grower. Okay, yeah, sure. As opposed to his rival, Greg, Sid Shower. Sid Shower, yeah, sure. mm. yeah. That's a good duo. Mm-hmm. Anil Felchingsum. Anil Felchingsum. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Felching is? No. Uh, yes. Um, really you do have you tried it oh in that case no I don't know what it is (laughs) Uh, you do or don't you I I guess not no what what did you think it meant I'm not going to say no 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 please I'm not getting into this no Harry I'm not getting into this I need need to know what you think felching is I'm going to mix up something else yeah no I don't know what did you think it was no I'm not not, Harry just say it no well, at some point we're going to talk about it offline or on, but fine. Sure. Um, next one is Dusty Dangerous, which sure. is one that, one that I may have used. You may have used, yeah, sure. Trusty LaRue. Yes, that's classic porn, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Manuel Hung. Yes. Okay. Now we're getting into it. Now this mm. is more like it. Yeah. Uh, Phil Bottom. Yeah. Which is, is that suggested by Phil Besser by any chance? It's not, but it's what I propose we do now call him. Phil <laughs> Besser. Uh, we've also got uh, Phil McCracken. Phil McCracken, which is an, yeah. an, an alternative name. Yeah. There. Um, Clive Max. Oh, I see. Clive. Yeah. Okay, mm. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, Randy Antics. Not sure if that like. Ca- I know, that sounds like a good porn name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, Juz the Tip. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, this one's a really good one. Uh, Ross Burton gave us this one. Uh, Roger Moore. Okay, yeah, that, that's classic porn. Yeah, Ross has gone for like an old school porn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bend over. Of course. Okay. Wouldn't be complete without that. Dixie Wrecked. Oh, Dixie Wrecked. Oh, oh nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that, yeah. Hugh G. Rection. I mean, yeah, it, it's, yeah, that works. Willie Cream. <laughs> Is that like question mark? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, Adam Handler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Willie Thumper. Mm-hmm. Rusty Walker. Again, what? That just sounds like an old person with mobility problems. <laughs> oh, uh, Ross Moynihan, if you remember from our La La Land oh, episode. I forget, yeah. Richarding gently but firmly. That's good. I like that. That's mm. good, yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, Jack Mihoff. If you insist. Harry Chapel. Well, yes. Um... Connor Lingus. Well, that's good. I like that. Connor Lingus, yeah. And to finish, Sally Squatwell. And to finish off with Sally Squatwell. Nice. Mm. Okay. So there's that. I guess that's our very thematic alternate listen submissions. But, uh, wow, yeah. To get, to get onto the real listen submissions. Uh-huh. So Lucas Barker says Boogie Bites. Boogie Bites. It's okay. pretty much the same, but with zombies. Oh, I like it. Boogie Bites. So zombie porn. I guess, yeah. Okay. I'm on board with that. I like that. Yeah. You on board with zombie porn? Yeah. Weirdo. That'd be fun. This film, but the entire cast are undead. Who wouldn't want that? <laughs> sure. Uh, Maximilian Duke says uh, there's already plenty of sequels already on the internet. I guess, inarguably, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Makes good sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the idea which I adapted is from James McLean. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, he's titled it Dirk Diggler's Holistic Detective Agency. Yeah. Is... I love that you didn't pick up on what that was referencing. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. He says, uh, the premise, I don't know, retired porn star solves sex crimes using his giant magic dong or something. <laughs> and at, I'm quoting exactly. And at the end of the movie, he literally comes out of retirement because he had to go undercover as the porn star he used to be. I can't imagine he'd be a good detective because from memory, Dirk had brick-level IQ. Oh, okay. That's all he's got. Okay. So, yeah, those are my listen submissions. What have you got? Okay. I have Adam Capitano said Boogie Days. Yes. Matt Hanley said Twoogie Nights. (laughs) Sure. There's two ways to do it. You could do two Oogie Nights or T.W. Oogie Nights. Yes. Either works. Very good. Ross Eyed says, An aging Dirk partners with a young computer nerd and they pioneer online porn in the 90s. Which, yeah, okay. I could see that working. Like him trying to adapt to porn in the 90s. Yeah. Tyler Petty said, Electric Boogie Lou. Boogie Nights 2, Electric <laughs> Boogie Lou. Yeah. Oh, that works. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Stephen Brogy said, A Reed Rothschild spin off, that's the John C. Rally character, mm-hmm. where he is making his own mediocre porn parodies of Disney movies. His world is turned upside down when his newest film, Fuck It Ralph, <laughs> is stolen via the internet by the very characters he's spoofing. Mm, so that's okay. the previously unexpected Wreck It Ralph. Boogie Nights crossover movie. Yeah. Because obviously John C. Riley voices Wreck-It Ralph. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, John Scruffini said, Bingo Nights, present day. Mm-hmm. Dirk Diggler has moved into a Florida retirement home <laughs> with uh, 
nothing but his old wardrobe and a trunk full of porno awards to his name. Will he still have what it takes to fuck his way to the top of the resident food and beverage committee? So, yeah. Very good, very, very good. good yeah. Will Buckingham said, Boogie Nights 2, if you thought video killed porn, here's the internet. <laughs> Jason Ritterstein said, Boogie Nights, a wedding and four cast funerals. Oh, because yeah, that, that, that's kind of sad. Yeah, a, lot, oh. a lot of people in this film have died. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Scott Hillman said he would really like to see a version of this film that was genuinely about how the porn industry evolved in the 90s when the advent of video and then subsequently the internet changed the way it was made. So, yeah. I think that'd be actually a very good, interesting way to look at it. Like all the people who made millions of dollars from like actual porno movies suddenly had to adapt to the fact that most people were accessing porn for free so mm-hmm. that could work very well Stephen Jones says Dirk Diggler is in Jack Corner's room after Jack asks him to grab a lens for some pickup shots they're working on at, at his pool he sees what he thinks is a sex toy but when out of curiosity he picks it up and turns it on a blade of pure green light appears and protrudes out of it Jack hears the sound and knows what just happened and enters the room to confuse Dirk so Dirk says what's this and then Jack says, Dirk, sit down. We have a lot to talk about. Title, Boogie Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> okay. It's a Jedi movie. Yep, okay. Very uh, good. Mike Carey said, Oogie Knights. Jack from Halloween Town is bored with life again and discovers the world of porn films with disastrous results. Mm-hmm. So that's um, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And finally, Joseph J. Finn said, The year is 2019. Roller Girl has been killing it as the head of an alt-porn studio, but piracy has been really cutting into her profits and she needs to find a way to shift her business model to stay ahead of internet pirates and thieves. Mm. So she teams up with her old friend Amber Waves. And it's Mm -hmm. a story of a feminist duo of retired porn stars just trying Mm -hmm. to figure out how the industry works in a post-internet age. Oh, okay. That's really interesting. I would like a film with those two characters. I thought they had a good relationship. That's a really good idea, actually. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That'd be very good. Yeah. Cool. We're done. So, this film had a lot of actors. Did this mm. film change your opinion about any actors in this film or make you realise anything about any of them? Mm. It's the first film that showed me that John C. Riley can actually... Be Finn? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> that, that he can actually do stuff that's more than just serious, comedy yeah. with Will yes. Ferrell. Mm. I mean, this isn't entirely serious for him. Like, his role in it is... Comedic, yeah. It's largely comedic, yeah. But he can actually do something. Same with Mark Wahlberg, particularly so. Yeah. Like before this, I just thought Mark Wahlberg was pretty much just an action star. Yeah. No, this is one of the best Mark Wahlberg performances ever. Mm. I, I think it's a crime he wasn't nominated for an Oscar for this. Mm-hmm. I think he is phenomenal in this film. Yeah. So. I, I don't feel like I learned anything about Julianne Moore in this. Because you, you already knew she was great. Yeah. yeah like mm. she, she's she been this great in other films. Sure. Yeah, I think that's, that's all I've got really. Okay, sure. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, no, I'm I'm very glad I've seen this film. I'm I'm really pleased I'm, that you. I will I will happily watch this again. I'm really pleased that you enjoyed this because I I wasn't sure it could have gone either way. But mm. yeah. actually, I think this is my first time I've seen Don Treadle in a non-Marvel film. Really, you've never seen him not in Marvel? I think so. Wow, that, that that's that's good. Mm. Yeah, we, we we should definitely do more Don Treadle because he's great. Yeah, and I feel like this film is a good example of why he's great. Yes. I really enjoyed doing this. Anyway, so it's you next week. Yes, so speaking of um, Marvel or non-Marvel or something. Mm. Um, we are not doing the Avengers for our next film. No, 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 it's against our rules. We're, so we are, we, are, we, we are not going to do so. However, we are going to do a film um, starring uh, one of my favourite actors. Robert Downey Jr.? Yes. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Nominated for an Oscar. Are we doing Chaplin? Nope. The other nomination he got. 
I can't remember what other nomination he got. We are doing a film called Tropic Thunder. Oh, okay. I've okay. not I've not seen this. I, I, I've seen comments about it online. Sure. I've, I've seen I might have seen the occasional little clip or something. I forgot that this was a thing. Yeah, um, okay. yeah I'm really, really looking forward to watching this okay. just good... to see what it is. Okay. I, like, I genuinely have no idea what it is. Mm-hmm. Other than just vaguely a war movie with a bit of comedy. Yeah. Other than that, I don't know. No, that's a good call. So, uh, yeah. I am ex- very excited for that. Yeah. So, yeah, next week we'll be doing Tropic Thunder. Um, in the meantime, John, where can they find us? Uh, okay, so, yeah, if you've enjoyed this episode, you've just heard our sequels to Boogie Nights. If you have any sequel ideas for Boogie Nights or any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher. You name it, we're on it. If we're not on it, let us know and we will get on it. You can also contact us via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching Beyond the Box Set or at Beyond the Box Set for Twitter. And we are also available on Patreon.com. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Beyond the Box Set. And we have exclusive merchandise available at tpublic.com forward slash Beyond the Box Set. And finally, we are a proud member of the Pave Media Podcasting Network. If you are a podcaster looking to connect with fellow podcasters and grow your audience, just go to pavemedia.net and to find out more details about how we can help you out. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. That's it, yeah. You've, so, you've changed Europe a little bit by making me announce what film we're doing first. Sorry, but... you're right. That was not intentional. <laughs> yeah, but it worked, it worked. So, <clears throat> yeah, join us next week for Tropic Thunder. Good call, Harry. I'm excited. Yeah, it should be a good time. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm. Great. See you next week, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye. This is a giant cock.